Talkers. Welcome to Speak and Destroy episode 22. Speak and Destroy is a podcast about all things Metallica. I am your host, Ryan J. Downey. My guest this episode is Andreas Kisser of Sepultura. Andreas appears on 13 of the 14 albums released by the Brazilian metal legends, including classic records like Beneath the Remains, Arise, and Chaos AD, and of course the band's most recent album, Machine Messiah, which arrived in early 2017. He also plays guitar in Latin American supergroup De La Tierra. A frequent visitor to Jason Newstead's Chop House studio in the 90s, Andreas was part of Sexotorica, which as the name would suggest, was a side project made up of guys from Sepultura, Exodus, and Metallica. A badass guitar player and a great storyteller, Andreas is charming and charismatic both on stage and off, emanating an aura of positivity and optimism while fully committing himself to moving forward with new music and new experiences as an artist and a human being. Whether it's your first listen or you've been on board for several episodes, please, if you'd be so kind, head into the Apple Podcast app and leave Speak and Destroy a five-star rating and a nice little review. I promise you, it helps. So here it is, my conversation with Andreas Kisser of Sepultura. This is Speak and Destroy. I was listening, you know, to the traditional heavy metal, you know, Maiden and Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, you know, whatever, that kind of stuff. And then um, and Metallica came and with Kill Em All was, uh, you know, maybe for me at the, that time was a, a little bit too much, you know. But the, the, the first album that really made me, uh, you know, fell for Metallica <laughs> Uh, it was Ride the Lightning, you know, that I, I, I could still hear, you know, the aggressiveness and the, the, the raw sound, you know, that uh, uh, Fight Fire with Fire, it's one of the best songs they ever written, you know, till today, you know, and uh, it's an amazing intro and, you know, Fade to Black, you know, showed uh, a new different way uh, for, for metal music, you know, to be, you know, still using uh, uh, elements of uh, acoustic guitars and stuff like that, but still heavy, you know, still with the... Uh, tension and heavy lyrics and stuff like that and you know the instrumental song which is such a tradition in heavy metal especially with Maiden you know Metallica the call of good blue and you know I, I really I was really impressed you know about the the jump from Kill Em All to Ride the Lightning so it was almost like a, a different band you know I mean they um, they grew up so much and I think the road helped them a lot, you know, because from Kill Em All, they start traveling the world and, you know, touring and and uh, and doing that stuff. And I, I guess, you know, uh, having that uh, road experience really made them improve their their sound and their music. And and uh, and that, that that album, I think it's, uh, you know, without Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets wouldn't be possible, you know. So I think Ride the Lightning was really the, the main game changer and and a really a true revolutionary album, you know. Yeah, I go back and forth between which Metallica record is my all-time favorite, and more often than not, I land on Ride the Lightning. It's it's usually it's usually the one that I pick. Yeah, you know, like the songs they they still play the uh, you know a lot of songs of that album on their on their shows, and uh, even people that uh, you know started to listen to Metallica on the Black album, you know, a whole new generation that 
Metallica really got on the Black Album. Uh, when they go back, they they still uh, impressed, you know, with Red Lightning because uh, really was uh, uh, a new, fresh air, <laughs> you know, and heavy music and and new possibilities, you know. Cliff Burton, uh, you know, after Anesthesia, that was uh, I think was uh, the 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 thing that really uh, impressed me on on Kill 'Em All, you know. I think was the 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 solo. That I thought was a guitar in the beginning, mm-hmm. but uh, especially here in Brazil, I mean, you can imagine, you know, uh, you know, imagining, not, we couldn't even imagine a bass player doing that kind of stuff, you know. So, uh, uh, but yeah, I think uh, the jump between the Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning was huge, and and from that on, Metallica uh, really started to be a, a very different brand, uh, a band from uh, everyone else, you know, and. Uh, and it showed, you know, I mean, the jump they did was was immense. Absolutely. And so at that time, you know, obviously pre-internet and everything and also being, uh, you know, in Brazil. Yeah. How, how were you getting information as far as, uh, you know, hearing about, you know, the people in the different bands that you liked and maybe who was in the studio or who was going on tour? You know, that sort of stuff that we take for granted these days that everything is so accessible. How were you getting a hold of that? Yeah, we just didn't know. I mean, we didn't know about tours and all that stuff. You know, uh, we have a very limited uh, access to to information. Of course, we have uh, the imported magazine, especially Kerrang magazine from England. You know, which was a uh, um, a source of the main information for for everybody here in Brazil and uh, even the magazines and radio shows. You know. Uh, but that was uh, not I- immediate, and uh, and touring was so uh, something so far from 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 us, you know, uh, that uh, we never even thought about that. You know, having the bands here was just like an impossible dream. You know, to have tours coming down to Brazil and to South America. Um, in the eighties, we were still living like a a, dicta- a military dictatorship. You know, was was kind of really difficult. Uh, up to the point of Rock in Rio, you know, Rock in Rio was really the the division there that opened the the doors and the gates, you know, for Brazil and and then we start getting shows and Metallica came to Brazil for the first time in 1989 mm. uh, on the Justice for All tour, I think, at the very end of the tour and stuff. So, uh, you know, it took a while for us to to get that kind of uh, uh, relationship with bands, you know, because uh, in the very beginning it was just like demo tapes and. Uh, a, a magazine article here and there, one um, like a T-shirt st- uh, store that that made like Metallica and Venom shirts. You know, was the only one who you, where you could buy at least a shirt from Metallica. And uh, and the albums were so expensive. You know, they all mm. imported. So we had really to um, uh, to you know to make like a um, how you call it. Uh, you know, all the friends put some money and then buy the album and then make uh, recordings for everyone and stuff. You yeah. know? So, uh, and I remember having like a, a VH, uh, VHS uh, tape, which was like, I think, European, you know, like beta. Mm-hmm. You had like that, that, the different, you know, systems and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had, uh, we had that uh, here in Brazil uh, of that uh, Metallica concert with uh, Dave Mustaine and, you know, and, and Cliff Burton were doing the, the Anesthesia live. And we watched on beta somehow, and it was horrible, you know. <laughs> but we were so happy. To, and, you know, it was all like a, 
it was all almost like watching like aliens, you know, playing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, music. The sound was weird, but we could recognize, you know, it was Kill 'em All stuff, but uh, we could see very well. But we were so happy that we at least could see something, you know, because we we uh, could only imagine, you know, to to see a show like that, like the same, you know. So uh, it was so exciting, you know, even though it was horrible and and shitty, but uh, it was so exciting. To it's like found found footage of like. Bigfoot or some famous crime yes, or something. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's the same, uh, I think, uh, excitement and adrenaline, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's killer. So, were you able to see them when they came in 89, or when was the first time you got to see them perform? Well, fortunately, we were touring, you know, we were doing our first tour outside Brazil with Sodom in Europe, mm. uh, you know, in 89. So, uh, you know, I was so bummed out that I, I couldn't see Metallica in, in 89 here in Brazil. Uh, all my friends went to the shows, you know, they met the guys and everybody. And uh, we were so pissed off about that. But at the same time, we were so happy, you know, because we were touring. Uh, our it. dream, you know, was, yeah. was out. And it was the first time that we had the chance to tour outside Brazil and stuff. And uh, and um, and it was great. You know, we, we felt great that Metallica finally came down to Brazil. And um, and I first saw Metallica live in, in Holland in 1990. Uh, still for the, at the very end of the Injustice for All tour, mm-hmm. Ronnie James Dio uh, was opening the tour. You know, they did a few shows in Europe and in Holland. We were there. We had a day off and, you know, we went to see the show and uh, it was amazing. You know, uh, uh, unfortunately, we didn't meet uh, the guys there, uh, but uh, we, we could see the show. You know, it was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, in 89, they came here and, and we weren't there. And, uh, and when they left Brazil... Uh, I think Brazil was, uh, I think the last show they did on the South America run, or they just came to Brazil. I don't know, but that uh, was the last show, and they went, they went back home. And uh, we were touring in Europe for a, a month and a half, almost two months. We saw them, and then we went straight to the United States to tour with Fate or Fear, you know, in a van, you know, like, a, like, a, you know, like a very underground band <laughs> the mm-hmm. way we were, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was a great. I mean, it was uh, we were so excited. Our first show was. Uh, with King Diamond at the Ritz in New York, you know, and oh, Halloween wow. night. Oh, wow. It's, you know, a fantastic <laughs> night. It's amazing, man, you know. So after that, we started the American tour. So we, we drove in a van with Fate or Fear and stuff, and we eventually went to California. And we played at Oakland at the Omni Club. And James Hatfield and Lars Ulrich came to see us, you know. I mean, wow, man, you know. Wow, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. You know, because I'm sure they came to Brazil and everybody was talking about Sepultura to them, you know, because, oh, have you ever heard Sepultura? Do you know Sepultura? Because, you know, we were starting to to get the international recognition. You know, Benito Remains was just out and, and was a great impact. And we were touring in Europe and everything, you know. So I guess they were curious about and they came to see us, you know, at their hometown. Oh, man, we were so fucking happy, you know. And we saw everybody there were... You know, Rob Flynn was there and Phil DeMell and the guys from Sadus and uh, Death Angel, uh, everybody, you know, Paul Beloff, you know, from Exodus. You know, we were meeting all of our idols, you know, and we took pictures with James Hatfield. Lars was completely drunk, you know, but I think he remembered that night. <laughs> but it was, it was so cool, you know, Harold O, we met Harold there as well, you know. Um, was like a, a dream, you know, even better than a dream, you know, to, to live reality like that, you know, and, uh, and then I felt better, then I felt better, you know, we didn't meet them in Sao Paulo, but they came to see our show in their hometown, you know, which was unthinkable, you know, it was amazing. So cool. Did you, um, 
Was that the night that Paul Bailiff jumped in the van with Sepultura and exactly rode yes. down? Yeah, <laughs> we drove from Oakland to to Los Angeles to Long to Long Island or something. No, no, Long Island. Uh, Long Beach. Some some beach. Long Beach. Yeah, sorry. And um and then the show was canceled. You know, uh, I mean, uh, was a lot of people there expecting us. You know, of course, lots of Latinos. You know, because Sepultura and everything. And Paul Bailiff made uh, that ride with us on our van. You know, it was so cool, man. Uh, you know those kind of things. You, like I said, you you, you don't even have uh, information to dream stuff like that. You know, and then something like that happens, and and all the, the 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 respect we got from the Bay Area, you know, was was insane for us, man. It was so, you know, we felt so motivated, you know, to to keep doing what we were doing. And I remember James Hatfield really talking to us and saying, you know, the the version of uh, the symptom of the universe from Black Sabbath you guys did was great and everything, you know, it was, uh, we were so happy, you know, it was, it was a perfect night. Wow. Um, and, and that's cool, especially considering, you know, James is kind of um, introverted and, and, you know, not yeah. necessarily, you know, Lars is the one we tend to think of as more outgoing and going out and seeing bands and meeting people. And so that that's particularly cool that he took the time to, you know, talk to you guys. Man. Yeah, I was I was joking around with Paulo and, and Max and Igor, you know, talking. Oh, you can imagine Metallica guys coming and oh yeah, fuck you. Like, and then James Hetfield comes into the door. It's like fuck, man. <laughs> so, yeah. It was like you know, it, it was like a, a movie scene or something, you know. Yeah. And, uh, they were so cool and and you know the respect they had for Sepultura and everything was was amazing, man. You know, it was fantastic. Yeah, it's like it's like coming to Hollywood for the first time and your favorite movie star walks in. <laughs> you know, like, Dude, don't yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, Much killing. better than that. <laughs> Much better, yeah. Um so it was so that so that would have been nineteen ninety and I, I seem to remember um I was just in I was in high school at that time and was, you know, full on into thrash and all of that. And I remember Yeah. I feel like the Metallica guys, it might have been around Beneath the Remains when they were, or maybe Arise, when they started wearing like Sepultura shirts and stuff in photos. Because I remember that was one of the first ways that I um, started to become more familiar with Sepultura was from seeing, you know, guys in other bands uh, and magazines and stuff wearing, yeah. wearing the yeah. shirts. You know, and then it's, it's like, insane, oh, that man, band? Yeah. I got to check that out. Um, <laughs> so it, it would have been just, just a couple of years later then. Um, when uh, in 1992, I think it was a show in Canada when James Hetfield stepped into that Tower of Flame and um, yeah. burned up his arm. On August 8th, 1992, James Hetfield sustained severe burns after stepping into a Tower of Flame at Olympic Stadium in Montreal. James Hetfield looks like uh, that torch that they carry up the stairs to light the Olympic fire. So I'm burnt all my arm, my hand completely down to the bone side of my face, hair gone, uh, part of my back. I said, you all right, man? He looked at me and he, he was shaking and he brought up his, his hand. I could literally see the skin rising off his, his hand and blister. We see some guy come up and dump him with water and then cover him. Well, that felt oh, great for a second. Then I looked down and watched the skin just rising and things going wrong. Total confusion. We got him into a ER, the doctors and nurses, they were bright, they, they cut off his rings, his fingers were swelling, it was not a pretty sight. Because with the pain he was still going through, and the unknown future that this was pointing the way to, one of his first thoughts was getting a replacement guitar guy to make sure the tour didn't have to stop. Tell me the story somewhere, um, Phil from Sacred Reich, I think, was involved in getting you 
Yes. Uh, the opportunity to audition to maybe fill in for James. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. That was another insane story. Uh, we were kind of finishing the, the, the tour for a rise, you know, um, um, we, we went everywhere. It was an amazing tour for us and everything. And, uh, we were in Brazil, you know, just having some time off. Actually, I remember we just played a show in Rio de Janeiro and we were back, uh, going back home. And then Phil Rind, uh, called me and he said, Hey man, you know, I know you love Metallica and, uh, you know, we all love Metallica. One of our favorite topics all the time was talking about Metallica, you know, and the Black Album and all the controversy and stuff, yeah. you know, all that crap. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, you know, and, and he called me saying, and, and he was a very good friend with Jason Newsted, you know, all that Phoenix connection, you know, sure. yeah. and, uh, and, and Phil told Jason, dude, I have a guy that, you know, could be a perfect fit for what you guys need now. And he loves Metallica. You know, he's from this, uh, you know, Sepultura in Brazil and stuff. And, and Jesus said, ah, great, man. We are going to be in Denver. And, uh, you know, uh, next week we're going to have some rehearsals in, at the Denver arena there. They have a room there. And, um, and you're welcome, you know. We're going to have a spot for you. And, uh, dude, fuck, man. In, in a week, you know, I was so terrified, you know. <laughs> it's like... Dude, I, I know how to play Metallica, but with friends in school, you know, and then <laughs> right. it's like, <laughs> yeah. and then you, you, you know, am I doing right? And, you know, the Black Album was so new. I was not really uh, very familiar, you know, with playing the, the, mu the new music of Metallica. I prepared myself as much as I could, but I was very nervous, you know, but um, I, I managed to, you know, to, to get a plane ticket. And um, I went to, to, to Denver, you know, specifically for that. I, I picked up a, a bag and my, and my Charvel guitar, you know, and uh, <laughs> I went to Denver. And, um, and in the airport, I have a guy with a limousine waiting for me, you know, with my name on it. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I jumped straight on the limousine and went to the practice room. Wow. I mean, the, from the airport to Denver, limousine and then practice room in the arena. Wow. And how can you imagine, man, going inside an arena in a limo and then <laughs> it's like, you know, and, and all the, the Metallica crew there, you know, working. They were trying out a lot of people for Metallica cover bands from friends and everybody. Mm. That's that's something that's, that Metallica is awesome about. You know, they really open the possibilities, you know, and they really want to go there and, and try to find the best uh, solution for their problem, you know, without uh, really having... I don't know. I mean, they really opened the possibilities for a lot of people, you know, including myself, you know, coming from Brazil and everything. I mean, let's, you know, let's give a chance to this guy. <laughs> it's it's yeah. crazy, you know, but uh, it was fantastic, you know, because they really work hard, man. Uh, on the first practice, on the day I, I got there, uh, I went straight to the room and I played with them, you know, and uh, it went fantastic, man. It went well. I mean, much better than well. <laughs> you know, I knew the songs. I even knew the, the way they finished, you know, Enter Sandman, yeah. bootleg albums that I had and stuff, you know. And they, they were kind of impressed, you know, how well I was prepared to do that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, some of the Black Album songs... Was James there singing as well? Or, or no, was no, it... the first practice, no. The first practice, no. And uh, because of the great impression, uh, you know, they asked me to stay another day. Mm. So, you know, I kind of went to the final, you know, it was only me and James uh, Marshall on the next day, Wow! including James Hatfield, you know, on the, on the room. 
So that was fucking crazy, man. <laughs> Do you remember where there like, were there other? I know you mentioned tribute bands and stuff like that. Do you remember anybody else besides you and James Marshall um, oh, from that first day? No, no, I don't. I really don't. I don't remember names and stuff. It was so so everything was so crazy, you know, so quickly and uh, yeah. I bet. And Kirk Emmett was the first one, you know, who came to to greet me and say, "Hey, man, are you okay? You came from Brazil now. Are you all right?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, all very light and stuff, you know, and yeah. Kirk and, and Jason was really helpful, you know, Jason was really helpful, man, you say, man, here, uh, we're going to have another day of practice, here are my speakers, here are the new stuff, practice, you know, nice. <laughs> be better on the on the stuff that you, because, you know, we like you, uh, you'll be cool to have you on the board and stuff and etc. you know, so, so they did a whole day, the second day with other people, and then me and James Marshall was the, the very last, you know, that uh, we played together. Uh, I didn't have some stuff for the Black Album ready, you know, I couldn't really put myself together to, to pre- prepare for that moment, and, and that's why I didn't got the job, let's say, you know, because uh, James Marshall was much uh, better prepared for that. And he was, uh, was he teching for them at the time, or was that? Before? I don't think so. Okay. Is it- so yeah, thirty days. Yeah, because he did that on Master of Puppets tour when James right. Hatfield broke his arm on skateboarding. So <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know they they had a meeting, man. You know they really had a meeting to decide. So it was a really close call, <laughs> I guess. You yeah, know? Uh, oh, and Hatfield so cool. was really good. Thank you very much for coming. You know whatever that happens, uh, you know it's great that you're here and stuff and. Uh, and, you know, afterwards was a big party, you know, because, you know, they decided the way they want to do it and everything was was ready. They invited me to the penthouse, you know, Lars Ulrich was a great, you know, party and we had a great time. And and since then, you know, we had a, a really great uh, relationship and friendship, you know, especially with Lars and, and Jason Newstead, you know, and all of them. And, uh, and you know, and even Metallica, they paid all my expenses as well, wow. you know, which was a great gesture, you know, it was amazing, you know. So, uh, you know, it was really it was really an amazing experience for, for me, you know. One of my favorite bands in the world, you know, asked me and gave me that space, that room, that respect, you know. Uh, it was fantastic, you know. It's when you meet your idols and, and you're not disappointed with them, you know, <laughs> right. yeah. it's, it's totally the opposite. You know, I, I admire them even more, you know, it was amazing. Yeah. And so, and then that friendship and that relationship, uh, yeah, as you said, you know, took off from there, I know. Um, and it was probably, I mean, that, so that was 92. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't much longer after that. Um, when you were doing the uh, Sexotorica things with, uh, with yes. what was Tom Hunting from Exodus and, and Jason. Tell me how all that developed and how you ended up, uh, you know, jamming with Jason and, yeah. and doing these side projects and stuff. Well, right after that, man, you know, uh, on that same day after we decided everything before the party and everything, me and Jason and Kirk, uh, we, we spent a, a few hours on Jason's room just listening to blues and playing blues, you know. Uh, just jamming. I have a cassette tape of that night, believe it or not. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Dude, it's amazing. Our conversations, you know, everything, like jamming. And Jason likes to record everything, you know. Jason has an amazing archive of, of, of things like that, you know. And uh, and uh, it was it was fantastic, man, you know. And, uh, and, and then, you know, from there, you know, through our blues... Uh, I, I learned a lot of, uh, with blues with uh, with Jason. You know, he's an uh, amazing collection. He made he made a, a, a lot of uh, tapes. You know, 
uh, with music, with songs, and we jam blues all the time. And uh, that's how it started because I live in Phoenix, him in San Francisco. So it was very easy, you know, to to go and uh, for a weekend, you know, on Jason's house. He's a he has a, a nice studio, the Chop Chop House Studios there, mm-hmm. and. And I went to the inauguration of the studio. You know, he invited me to be there alongside, you know, Cliff Burton's uh, friends and and Fate No More. You know, Jim, uh, uh, the guitar player Jim, from Jim Jim, Martin, uh, yeah. No More. Yeah. Jim Martin, yes, and uh, you know, all the, the 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 Bay Area guys there, and it was a, a great party. And and then you know, he invited me for a few weekends there, and and uh, just to start. Uh, stuff from scratch basically you know to jam to invent a name and and jason uh, you know he went there and, and made the uh, the artwork for the the cassette covers and you know all the like we were doing a real project you know and, mm-hmm. and it was in the end it was a real project you know but uh it was a great school you know playing with lots of different people he knew so many different musicians you know and he did that with so many other other people you know and uh um, so it started there, you know, I spent a lot of time with him and, and doing music, you know, it was amazing. Who were some of the other people that that you jammed with there? Uh, you know, recording uh, stuff. It started, and... it started me, him, and and uh, and Tom Hunting. You know, with Sexoturica, mm-hmm. and then uh, Phil. Ah, caralho. Uh, now I get my, there's so many Phils around. <laughs> Not Phils, Rob. Rob Flynn. Rob mm. Flynn came to uh, one session, and Gary Holt as well. One of my heroes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was there as well. You know, to to jam with us was amazing. And um, I, I won't remember his full name, but his first name was Carl. It, it's, uh, he was like a, a, a drummer, percussionist that played Latino music and stuff. And we did stuff together. Mm. I think uh, it was called God Swallowed or something like that. Some weird name there. But, uh, you know, a few other people that, uh, that came in and out and we did music together. You know, it was great. That's so cool. Um, yeah, uh, I- Igor told me once that um, the first time he was at Jason's house, um, Jason had two cats and his cats were named Max and Igor. Yes. <laughs> and he was exactly. like, okay, he, Jason, Jason really likes Sepultura. <laughs> yes, he does, man. He was a big fan. And I mean, on the, I think, I, I don't know if it's load or reload, you know, he's using a, a Sepultura um, sweat top, you know. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's it's yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, the, the hoodie and the especially considering the hoodie, exactly considering that era and um, you know the emphasis on the imagery and the artwork and the the fashion and everything. The fact that he got a Sepultura hoodie into that artwork, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. He was a <laughs> <Yeah>. rebel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and and and, and that brings me to another um question that I've, I've always been curious about um and i think that of anyone from sepultura past or present you would be the most knowledgeable about this was there a moment um when max left the band did you consider asking jason to front sepultura because i remember that being like kind of a rumor around in the press and i, I feel like there was maybe metal hammer or something like that did a story where Jason was on the cover and the, the big quote was, uh, you know, I would love to sing for Sepultura. And uh, I, I think that that 
caused some problems in the Metallica camp at the time. Um, <laughs> but was that ever a serious consideration or something you, you kicked around or, or talked to him about? Or? Well, as far, as far as I remember, not really. I mean, of course, we did the song together, Hater the Side, you know, for the yeah, album. Yeah, for Against, yeah. Uh, we did at his studio, at his, uh, you know. You know, the beginning, I think uh, uh, Jason's one one of the first guys who really supported, you know, the idea of, of us uh, keep uh, continuing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, me, Igor and Paolo. And he was very supportive, very helpful. When Derek came into the band, he was totally supportive. He he, he gave even to, to the band a baritone guitar that could, Derek could use because Derek, when he came to Sepultura, he could play some of guitars, you know, and he, he used to play like in three or four songs and. And then he he kind of, of let the guitar on the side, you know. But uh, yeah, you know, during what? those days, I I saw you guys. I th- I want to say it was New Jersey Metal Fest. Um, uh-huh. it might have been Milwaukee. It was de- it was definitely one of the first shows with Derek. Um, and yeah, I remember the first time I saw you with Derek. He was he played guitar in a few songs. Um, so yeah, it must yeah, have been right uh, around that era. But I mean, Derek doesn't have the the, the trash metal school, you know. Yeah. Uh, I told him, you know, you have to 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 pick up like three albums, and you have to play those three albums in his entirely, and then you're ready, you know. Which is, you know, of course, Kill 'Em All, uh, Bonded by Blood, and uh, Raining Blood. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> you know, that's a great school. You know, if you play those three albums, you're ready to play, you yeah. know, Sepultura stuff. You know. And, and I love, I love, but, uh, I love that two records have blood in the title, and the other one has blood all over the cover. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> or it is an on, on the blood, or it's not. You know. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Derek didn't have that, so we, you know, he went to different, uh, you know, exploring more the percussion and everything, and that's the way we are right now. You know, but. Uh, Jason was really a guy who really support uh, was very supportive about Sepultura, and you know we did um, eventually we did a tour together with Voivod when he was in the band and everything, mm-hmm. but uh, was not really an idea of having him in the band, you know, because we did try out for the singers and Phil Demel was one of them that uh, sent his uh, his vocals, you know, in one of our songs. And also Chuck Billy, you know, from Testament. Oh, wow. Uh, well, had, Phil or, or, or you, you mean Rob Flynn? No, no, that's that's Phil. That's Phil. Now it's the right Phil. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, wow. Phil Bell, yeah. Phil he, Bell. Said, wow. he, said he, he did a tryout to be the guitar player and the singer from Sepultura. Oh, wow. Know? I never and, knew uh, that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because we, we have the song Choke, uh, which we recorded on Against. Uh-huh. And without vocals, without lyrics, without directions, you know. So we sent the, the, the song Choke to many different people. Uh, and Chuck Billy and Phil DeMeo and Derek Green was uh, among them, you know. And they sent back with their ideas and the way they, they like to put the vocals. And, you know, we wanted to find somebody new, you know. We didn't want to attach Sepultura to any other yeah. uh, 
bloodline. You know, here it comes blood again. <laughs> yeah, you because know? then because and, then it becomes like Sepultura plus whoever versus yes. just Sepultura. Yeah, I always think that's important. That would be very, you know, would be very limited for us to to uh, to to act, you know, to 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 find new ways and to be a new Sepultura, you know. And um, so I think Derek, besides that wish of the band to find somebody new and not really uh, known, you know, on, on the business, uh, he was the one who really brought new possibilities for the band, you know, mm-hmm. a new look, a new background, uh, a new way of singing, you know, a new way of writing lyrics and everything. And that's what we were looking for, you know, and and I think that's why we're still here today, you know. Absolutely. Derek's just a, a monster front man and. So, so much charisma, so, much. And so talented, yeah. So how did the relationship sort of um, go on from there? Because that takes us like to the to the late 90s. And uh, as you said, of course, you eventually Sepultura and Voivod toured together. And of course, I'm skipping way ahead, uh, you know, more than more than 10 years. But of course, um, during the big four shows, you filled in for Scott Ian for a while. And I know there was. Yes, I was actually just watching before we started talking today. Um you playing uh, helpless. I just had Brian Tatler from Diamond Head on the podcast a couple episodes ago. Um, oh my god, that was so amazing, man! <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was it's super cool, and it's funny. You know, James kind of says, uh, "We got extra bonuses up here, right, Andreas, man?" Yeah, so cool. You know, because at that point we it was amazing. You know, we'd seen some of the jams and we'd heard "Am I Evil," so it was cool to hear. A different song and and obviously to have you up there in the mix gotta hear the thunder roar coming from above Tell me about about that experience. It was like you sort you actually did finally play guitar for Metallica. <laughs> That's right, man. It took a while, but uh, it happened. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, I mean, dude, another um, you know unbelievable story. You know, uh, I'm so so thankful. You know that I have such opportunities. You know to do stuff like that. And I mean, Scotty Ian, he knows who knows how many guitar players <laughs> you know mm-hmm. in the world. You know to do that and. And he called here, you know. So uh, uh, it, it was great, man. I mean, I was I was very much well prepared, of course. You know, much more experienced. Uh, uh, I had six months in advance, you know, to to prepare all the the, the parts and including vocals because Scott Ian does a lot of vocals yeah. you know, on the shows and everything. And uh, Somebody, I, I somebody's got to yell, "What is it?" during Cotton the Mosh? Yeah, <laughs> and yes, war exactly. dance and everything else. <laughs> 
And uh, but you know, Frank Bello helped me out a lot. You know, on that part, he did he he did pick up some some parts that used to be Scotty, you know, and did himself. And so we work out really really cool, you know. And um, and I I had only one practice, you know, one day before the this big show in Gesserkirchen in Germany for eighty thousand people, you know. Wow. First band of the bill and the first chord of the of the show is mine. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay, go. <laughs> I, you know, I just look to Charlie Benante. Charlie Benante, when, whenever you say go, I'm ready. You know, all right, go. <laughs> Amazing. It was it was fucking great, man. You know, and um, and 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 I was welcomed as well at the of, of the big uh, jam at the end. You know, because of course, you know that Scottish uh, place and everything, and and they did uh, the uh, the Sofia uh, you know DVD recording mm-hmm. and it was amazing and. Uh, and we did five times, you know. We did five times. It was a fi- five big four shows concert. One of them, even Scott, was there because he flew from the states to go to Italy. Nobody told me anything, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to do a photo shoot for a guitar magazine. You know, he has to be there and stuff. So he left his family and his newborn kid to go there and do the shooting. And he was there in the dressing room. Hey, what the fuck, man? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> Uh, and he and he played only two songs at the very end of the Antrax uh, show, you know. So it was great. I mean, he de- he did let me do my job, and he was there watching, you know, by the side, and it was so cool, you know. It was a great uh, uh, feeling as well to have that going, you know, at the same time, you know. So uh, and like I said, you know, Metallica was very welcome, you know, uh, on, uh, of having me on on the on the tour, and like I said, James Hetfield on the first tour. Hey, we have a, a bonus here, you know, a guy. Yeah, yeah. welcome. You know? Yeah. Dude, so it's fucking amazing, you know. So uh, uh, it, it was a great experience, and I felt so respected, you know, as a musician, as a as a part of Sepultura, you know, because you know all my career and and all the history I have, you know, put it me there, you know, the the trust they had on me, and especially Scott and Anthrax, you know. Uh, so it was uh, and we had a, a great time, you know. I was very well prepared, and we had a lot of fun, and all the shows were amazing. Besides the big four, we did another concert, you know, in in um, um, in smaller places and you know around and some festivals. And the last show I did with Antrax was the same festival that Sepultura played, you know. So I did a double, oh wow, uh, a double, you know, job, whatever, <laughs> yeah. double feature. So I played one hour with Sepultura, double shift, yes. Uh, I played one hour for for Sepultura, uh, and then we had another, you know, forty minutes, and then Anthrax played, and then I, I played another hour with them, you know. Wow! So it was a glorious, beautiful ending of of that, you know, because and then I, I followed the the Sepultura tour, you know, because I had to block like two weeks in the summer, you know, because Sepultura, of course, very busy on the summer in Europe all the time, but uh, like I said, was everything was done very well in advance, you know, so we could really. Uh, organize the way it did, you know. So I do, did two weeks with Anthrax. The last show was Anthrax and Sepultura, and then I continued with Sepultura. You know, it was perfect. When you played Helpless, did you work on that in the jam room? I know, so I know that they like the first couple yes. times with Am I Evil. What was that experience like? Was it was it everybody packed in that little room? Uh, not really. I mean, uh, uh, Metallica every day. It, it was like a. <laughs> it's funny, you know, because it it, it was like a. I don't know how you, you know, like a, uh, a war preparation, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
what song we're going to play tonight? You know, we have five, uh, five options. And then uh, Lars wrote like in a, in a small piece of paper, the five options and then gave to everyone, you know, in the dressing room. And then even a CD with the songs and everything to learn. And, and, uh, and then they decided between Am I Evil or So What or, you know, Helpless was a few options there, you know. So because they didn't want to do Am I Evil all the time, you know, so they, they want to, uh, you know, do all, all other stuff. And, and, um, and, and then we decided like that, you know, it was kind of chaotic because nobody knew what kind of, which song we would play at the end of the show, you know, but, um, and I, and I knew all the songs, like I said, you know, I, I always love to play Metallica and, and in the end I had to, t- to teach everyone, <laughs> <laughs> not the Metallica guys, of course, but, uh, even I have a recording of Rob Caggiano, uh, reteaching, let's say, you know, um, Oh man! Again, the David uh, Tatler, you know. Yeah, uh, 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 from Diamondhead. Uh, oh, Diamondhead. oh, oh, yeah, oh to, uh, Brian Tatler, yeah. Brian, yeah, sorry, Brian, fucking names. And um, and uh, there's you know, a lot, there's a, a lot of Daves in metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> a lot of Phils and Daves. And a lot Robs of Phils and, and Daves. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, I have that video as well, like uh, uh, Rob Cajano just showing, you know, helpless uh, to to Brian, you know, just to make sure everybody was playing. The, the right notes and everything, you know. Uh, so it's cool, you know. It was really cool. It was very, very relaxed atmosphere, actually, you know, because uh, it was a jamming, really. And in London, you know, in England, uh, not in London, but in England, at the Sony Sphere Festival, uh, you know, Brian came to the stage with us and we jammed all together, you know. Um, you know, it was uh, unbelievable, you know, just to have that, uh, the, you know, playing with Metallica, with and tracks, and then you have Brian there as well, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else, you know? <laughs> yeah, and then you and then you look Basically. over and you see uh, James Hetfield and Dave Mustaine side by side, <laughs> by playing side. the riff. Yeah. <laughs> I was scared to, to get to get closer. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. I bet you just want to be on the, here, you know. <laughs> just the opposite side of the stage from that energy. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, and I always wonder too when there's, I mean, so many guitar players and bass players on stage. Um, you know, my my joke is uh, at any show, big or small, uh, the sound people are never prepared for the guest vocal. <laughs> like any any anytime you see a band anywhere and somebody comes out to do a, a guest part, um, there you don't hear the first couple lines because it's somebody going yeah. like, oh, oh, wait, that guy's singing. Well, turn that mic on. And um, I noticed that happened to Dave Mustaine a little bit in the video that I was watching, the first couple lines where he, he comes in on the chorus. Um, and then when he <laughs> goes to play the solo, um, it's just all rhythm guitars in the mix still. But, <laughs> but you know, I feel I feel for whoever had to deal with that mix in the first place because it's like there's just so many people up there. <laughs> how do you how do you, know, you even man, know, you know, you know? I mean, me on stage, I, I didn't care. I was happy there. <laughs> right. If they listen to me or not, you know, if they listen, that's a, a plus. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. you know, just to be there, it's just like, wow. Yeah, so cool. and, and it's and it's really for the fans. It's really seeing everybody up there just as much as it's yes, hearing, you know. exactly. Uh, and yeah. and the vibe was like that, you know, backstage. It was not like a, a fake uh, reunion, let's say, you know. People were walking around, you know, backstage in the corridors, uh, talking to each other and, you know, reminding old, you know, uh, stories and stuff and Rob Cajano uh, was uh, his birthday one, in one of the shows and the guys from Metallica oh. came dressing with a cake you know to here's, celebrate here, here's, here's a here's a strange fun fact uh, Rob and I have the same birthday 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're both Yay. we're both November seventh. We're we're set, we're a couple years uh, different uh, age wise. <laughs> I think it was his birthday because uh, he he got the 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 cake on the face, you know. So <laughs> it must have been. <laughs> That's all. So it yeah. was cool, you know. It was all very relaxed and really, really enjoyable, man. You know, it was really great vibes, and people was re- they were really happy to to be doing that together. You know, it was amazing, uh, amazing, amazing experience. Um, so let's talk a little bit uh, while I've got you um, about the records. I know I saw some interviews when Hardwired came out, where you talked about how much you love that album and and how you can really tell that yes. there's, a, there's a musicality and a looseness to it, even that Death Magnetic didn't necessarily have. Um, yeah. I Absolutely agree. Um, you mentioned the Black Album, and of course, you know, all of us fans uh, of a certain generation, especially, that was a moment where we were all debating and discussing and, uh, you know, checking things out or yeah. dismissing them yeah. and coming back and all that. You know, I'm curious what your what your thoughts were on that record then, what they are now, and, and did learning, working on those songs, kind of cramming for that audition, did that change your perspective on them at all? No, I love since the beginning, man. I mean, I know everybody hated, and and me and Phil Rind were the defender, the defenders of the Black Album. Nice, <laughs> nice, know? nice. That's why I think we got that bond. You know, that's why he called me, and that's why I got the the spot and 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 the possibility to to do the pre- the, the rehearsals and everything. You know, because we really uh, we, we were saying, I mean, Metallica is doing this because you know they they have something to say. You know, I mean. Uh, we have to step back and and really listen carefully because I mean that album changed the whole the whole system again. You know, mm-hmm. it was like a, a a really another truly revolutionary album. You know, and uh, and um, of course the the old school guys will you know will hate the album because it was very you know different and Metallica never really opened an album with a song like Enter Sandman and stuff like that. You know, so. Uh, it was it was weird. Uh, I, I cannot deny that, but uh, I, I love it. You know, sad but true, and um, all the the, the the first sweet sequence there, the first three four songs. It's it's fantastic. You know, yeah, it's amazing. You know, uh, and uh, but it, I have to admit, it was weird. It was weird. You know, to 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 have a, a Metallica album like that. You know, but uh, like I said, me and Phil, we we loved the album since the beginning, and. Uh, we were kind of defending the album. And I remember even Phil Anselmo, you know, on Pantera tour, uh, talking shit about the album, talking mm-hmm. shit about Metallica. I remember they were, the Metallica guys, I think were really, you know, kind of disappointed, you know, I mean, uh, to, to hear that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I think they were kind of expecting some kind of reaction like that, because when you do something new, something that nobody did before, uh, there's no other outcome, you know, you're going to have some, some rejection. And, and I, and I think that's very positive, you know, it, it shows that something is, 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 is moving, something is changing, yes. you know, and, uh, yes. and it's great, you know? And, uh, I mean, it's the most successful album, uh, ever. I mean, maybe back in black, it's bigger. Well, it's, like it's, that, it's the, the most successful of the sound scan era since they started sounding, counting sound scan in the early nineties. And yeah, it's yeah, um, it's amazing. You see, it still sells. I don't know, three, four thousand yeah, copies a week. Every week, you know, it's, it's insane. <laughs> and they and you know, they because, and they own it now. That's on their rec- their own record label. Yeah, where it's selling three or four thousand a week. <laughs> it's it's perfect, you know. Yeah. And uh, and you know that's the way it's supposed to be. They they really 
Uh, I mean, in art in general, you have to take risks, you know, otherwise you'll be copying yourself or copying somebody else, you know, and Metallica were never afraid, you know, to take risks like that, you know, and, uh, and, uh, it's a, it's a fantastic album and, and I'm glad uh, I was a defender from the start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I couldn't agree more. And I think with the art, that's the most exciting is the art that provokes and inspires. And, yes. and for me, it's always authenticity. You know, I want to feel like exactly. They mean it. And and for me, even in the, you know, I, now I was a defender in the load reload era as well, which to this day, I, you know, have several yeah. friends that give me shit for that. And, you know, my, my thinking then part of it was, hey, you know, they're, they're listening to Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and they've rediscovered yes. Thin Lizzy and Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. Yes, they're exactly. Being, they're being true to who they are now and what they want to play yeah. right now. Whereas in, in the... And that phase... You know, and that phase of load reload, I was really really close uh, to them, especially to Jason, you know, because when that was the period I was going to his house to make jams and you know mm. all that uh, stuff that we just talked about, and um, you know Jason was so scared to show new stuff from Metallica, you know, but he was also so, you know, anxious, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. to show. I remember, I remember once, you know, Jason was showing me uh, showing me a song that ended up on Reload Two, I think. I think um, it's uh, oh, what's the name of the song? It's one of the heaviest songs, like. Oh, um. That's uh, uh, Devil Dance. Devil Dance. Let's, Let's dance. Devil's Dance, yeah, yeah, let's dance. Yeah. Dude, that song Jason showed me, and I remember his girlfriend came into the room, Jason, you didn't supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was so secretly, you know, because, I mean, they were doing something very different, you know, yeah. again. And, I guess, exactly, um, yeah. So, uh, you, you know, it was, was, it was exciting, you know, and then I, I went to America West Arena to, to see the show, uh, and they played that song for the first time, you know, Devil's Dance, even before the reload came out. And mm -hmm. it was one of the best shows that I've seen from Metallica. You know, the sound was impeccable and they were in a great mood and stuff it was fantastic, you know. And, uh, and, and I agree, Reload Reload was weird for me too, but, you know, they have, uh, it had so many great songs, you know, and they really explored their, their writer's uh, abilities, you know, let's yeah. say, really to explore, you know, the singing and... Uh, Guitar work is amazing, you know, the bass and everything, you know. Oh, there's some songs, I mean, you know, two of my, and I've said this on the podcast before, but two of my favorite Metallica songs ever are uh, The Outlaw Torn and Bleeding Me, which are both on load. And Bleeding yeah. Me, I mean, when you talk about guitar parts, there's some parts during Bleeding Me, and it's like deceptively simple where it sounds like it's really straightforward, but if you really start paying attention, you're like, there's like five different guitars doing five different things right now <laughs> you know like it, yeah, you know it's until really it sleeps, you know it's awesome uh you know even hero of the day you know uh, whatever load or reload that i'm always gets confused with that but uh you know hero of the day is, is a song that it's 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 you you could hear maybe in a kiss album you know yeah and <laughs> then know, and, kind of and the end of that song sounds like it could be on ride the lightning when it gets really fast exactly. at the end which is exactly. like you know, yeah yeah. yeah, it's definitely so all it's those cool. elements I mean, in there. You know, an, art, an artist uh, needs that. You know, it's it's an urge that he, he needs to 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 be uh, to be faced. You know, and uh, yeah. 
and it's it's awesome you know i watched this video on youtube recently um it's a pro shot it's pro shot footage from woodstock 99 and it's them doing the song bleeding me and um, Mm -hmm. they're all all four of them are just so tight and so yes focused and still kind of angry even and um i'd never realized this until just recently watching this but jason even plays most of that song with his fingers um and you know of course we think of him as uh the metallica bass player with the pick um true which i think uh, you know no disrespect to to rob but i think even some of the stuff that jason played sounded better with the pick you know uh but uh yeah, but but yeah, it's like you know, people, you don't think about Jason playing with his fingers and then watching that, and he was just so good and just so much uh, focus and concentration. No, Jason, and Jason was a machine, man. He was so tight, man. It was unbelievable, really. Uh, but you know, every everyone has his, his style. You know, I yeah. think uh, on the subject that we are in right now, bass players. You know, one of one album that I cannot defend is Sent Anger. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. really cannot really understand that album, why Metallica did that album. I mean, you, you see the, the movie, you know, some kind of monster and stuff. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a band that had Cliff Burton and Jason Newsted put out an album with Bob Rock on bass. Man, with all the respect, <laughs> you know, it's like they, they, <laughs> yeah. they definitely weren't thinking straight, you know, because when you see the DVD uh, with Rob Trujillo playing the, the, the material from St. Anger, it's 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 hearable. Let's say, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's it's yeah. much better. It's much better. You know, I, why I, they didn't I, I talked about this some... with uh, with uh, Mike Portnoy actually when Portnoy was on the podcast, and he was saying, you know, that the uh, that DVD where they're rehearsing it with Rob as a whole band, it's like a different record. It's so, yeah, that it yeah. gave us it gave us hope, you know, <laughs> <laughs> totally because. Uh, because, dude, Saint Anger is so bad. There's no guitar leads, and it's it's so confusing. It's it sounds horrible, and you know, you you, you actually don't have a band there. You know, they're trying to yeah. put their 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 pieces together. You know, maybe I think uh, it is an album important for for them. You know, to keep the band alive and and keep going and 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 did everything they did. You know, with the uh, with the. Uh, psychologist and you know with Dave Mustaine and and everything you know it's a uh, I think in the end it was very healthy you know yes. they, their attempt you know to talk to Jason and Jason you know running away whatever you know it, it was all really really cool and stuff but the, the album really it's it's uh, it has to take uh, you know I think we have to take that album as a uh, almost like a medicine <laughs> you know that that made, yes uh, uh, that's a great a, way a bitter, to put it. Yeah, a better pill. pill. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Kept the band alive. (laughs) That's exactly uh, so. That was very well said because, and that's always been my feeling about the record. I'm I'm happy that it exists for all the reasons that you mentioned. Yes. Um, but I don't ever listen to it. (laughs) No way. Uh, When Rob Flynn was on the podcast, he talked about how the guys in Machine Head and some of their friends they have a thing they call the San Anger Challenge, where when you (laughs) when you drive from San Francisco to L.A. Um, you see how many times you can listen to San Anger all the way through. <laughs> and I forget what he told me the most anyone's ever gotten, but it wasn't very far. It might not have even been oh, all the way through God. once. <laughs> it's really impossible, man. You know, it's a difficult listen. Like the, the Metallica years, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's really difficult. And you know, and I love as a fan, you know, um, it's like when people talk about sports and their favorite teams, and they talk about the different era when. 
there were the different players yeah. or the different coaches or whatever. And I think that's one of the things that makes Metallica so exciting is there is such a rich history to, to talk about and for fans to agree and disagree and, and be very opinionated. And w- one thing I always say, um, I think I actually posted this on Facebook when Death Magnetic came out was uh, love them or hate them, you know, respect what they do. If you're frustrated by the decisions they make, wherever you stand, whenever there's a Metallica album, everyone talks about it. You know, everyone in the whole yes. community of, of hard rock and heavy metal and mu- even the most extreme, you know, cult, obscure, black metal ex- person, they're aware when a Metallica record comes out and they have an opinion about yeah, it. Yeah, Metallica, <laughs> Metallica, it is the the most important band in metal by far, you know, yeah. most important than Black Sabbath, man. I mean, uh, Black Sabbath still, I mean, they denied being metal, you know, whatever, whatever is convenient, they say it's metal, but what they don't yeah. like is not. Yes, and yes. Metallica, they have metal on the name. You know, I mean, there's no denial. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it is. It is. You know, and and they they reach the 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 heights they they are right now because you know they are the best. You know, simply. Well, and I have to say, one of the things that I have always and continue to respect about you individually as a musician is I think you have that same as a musician, a performer, as a, as a you know taking on a role as a band leader. You have that same fire and that same authenticity and drive to create new things that Metallica has. And while very, you know, respectful and appreciative of your past and the legacy. And, you know, obviously, if you go see Sepultura, there are certain songs you can expect to hear and you will at the same time that you've always been moving forward. And and whether that was, you know, much like a Black Album, say, you know, I remember when Roots came out, there were some old Sepultura fans who were like, what the hell hell is this? And then by the same turn, it was the most successful album, you know, it just kept getting yes, yes. bigger and bigger. And, and, and obviously against was a similar well, thing. And, you know, every step of the way you're being true. And I think that that's, you know, always what's more exciting to me than bands that are, are being safe. Cause being safe is boring. Exactly, man. Thank you very much, man. So good to hear that. And, uh, and, and that's it, you know, uh, like we're, we're talking about, I mean, the art, uh, the real art is on the unknown, you know, on the unknown territory, that we have to find out and we have to challenge ourselves as artists to to do that because i mean we are 34 years on the road you know if you do the same thing over and over and then you know might as well work in an office <laughs> you know yes. and do, you know and do that for the rest of your life you know and uh, uh but no but we're here and uh, we feel great i feel great as a musician and and so privileged and thankful you know for all these opportunities uh not only to to listen to this kind of music, but to to meet all the the musicians and see uh, behind the scenes how they work, how they they treat people, and you know we learn every step of the way, you know, and uh, and it's great to be here, you know, it's amazing to be here with Sepultura with the momentum we are, like you said, respects the past so much, you know, we have a beautiful history, but we're here now, and uh, and uh, it's a very exciting year for Sepultura as well, and. It's great to see Metallica with the new album, playing a lot of new songs on the show. You know, mm-hmm. Megadeth the same, Slayer the same, Anthrax the same. You know, the big four uh, setting a, an amazing example that metal it's alive and well with an amazing past, but you know, not only sucking for from the past, you know, but right. actually leaving the present and really uh, creating a whole new generation of fans. You know, it's it's a it's fantastic moment for for metal in general. You know, it's amazing. Machine Head and Exodus and everyone, you know, it's it's great. So uh, I'm very glad and happy to be here as well, you know. And generationally speaking, it's great that um, 
all the bands that you just mentioned and Sepultura included, of course, um, you know, it's not the Rolling Stones yet. It's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everybody's yeah, still yeah. young enough that you can be a Definitely. six, a 16 year old kid discovering these bands for the first time. And, you know, with only a, a few exceptions, of course, uh, you know, people that we've lost tragically and, and that sort of thing. Um, you can still go see these bands. You can discover Metallica yeah. or Sepultura in 2018 for the first time and still go see yes. the bands play and have it have the shows be good and the performances are good and everybody wants to be there and it's psyched to be on stage and you know that's so important for this music too and and i think people realize as well you know that a show a concert a tour it's so important you know it's so unique i mean lemmy is gone uh you know uh, uh, clive burr uh, chris choir David Bowie, you know, they're gone, you know, uh, we, we feel privileged, our generation, because we had the opportunity to see them, you know, many yeah. times and maybe once, you know, and we play together and stuff and, you know, go see shows, you know, it's like, a, it could be, you know, a last opportunity, who knows, you know, I think it's, a, and even if the artists come back, you know, they're never going to come back with the same tour, you know, with the same yeah. attitude, yeah. the same, you know, ideas or songs and, and so special, you know, and uh, and it's great to see that people are really coming out and and, and going to to, to shows uh, more than you know uh, after all this crisis of the internet and album sales and stuff. I think we are living one of our best moments, you know, in general. <sighs> Absolutely agree. I love and I love to hear that optimism, and I think that that's missing in the conversation often these days. And and, <laughs> I, and I'm with you, and I think the. Uh, you know, and, and as far as the changes in the industry and all of that, it had to change. It's always changing and it's yeah. just going to keep yeah. evolving. And I think, exactly. um, yeah. you know, I think we're all kind of collectively figuring it out together. And, and that's exciting because so much great music is still being made and celebrated. Uh, so beautiful. that's a great place to end. Um, I can't thank you enough for doing this when I, you know, I feel like I say this all the time, but it's true. I, I you know, I made my wish list when I came up with the idea for this podcast of people I wanted to get and you were on there. That's I've awesome. I'm happy. I've been getting a lot of people that were on. Um, I told, uh, I told my son, he's 20 years old and he's playing guitar. We have a radio show together. I don't know if I mentioned that before, but, uh, no, no. um, and I told him that I was doing this podcast talking only about Metallica. Wow. There's a show only about Metallica. <laughs> there's a, you know, he couldn't believe there was so much to talk about. You know, yeah. so much. Oh yeah, it's insane. You we know, never, we never run out. The, yeah. yeah, the relationship. The you know, uh, I think I told you many things that you never heard before. I'm sure. You Absolutely. Know, about the Metallica stuff. So absolutely, it's, it's great. And, and there's no shortage. You know, because you know, you mentioned earlier, um, we were, we were talking about Phil from Sacred Reich, and. Um, you know, you were saying, you know, we were all talking about the Black Album. We were all talking about Metallica. Yeah. That was the whole genesis of this podcast is I'm always talking about <laughs> Metallica. You know, it, I think it was actually um, Greg from Dillinger who uh, you know, him, him and I are always talking about Metallica. And I think he was, you yeah. know, it was like, this is a podcast, dude. <laughs> we should, <laughs> we should, we, 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 you should do something productive with all of this Metallica conversation that we're having anyway. Uh, congratulations, man. It's really cool. And I'm really happy to be a part of it, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. Hit me up anytime for anything you ever need. I'm a big supporter. Great, man. Thank you, Ryan. It's a pleasure, man. Keep up with the band at sepultura.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Downey and on Instagram at SuperheroHQ. And you can also find Speak and Destroy on social media. 
To hear more of Sexotorica, head over to the Speak and Destroy YouTube channel, where we're constantly collecting and updating playlists stuffed with Metallica-related rarities, uploaded by the band and their fans all around the world over many, many years. As always, you guys have been great, and I've been Ryan J. Dad.